And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords. And Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning and happy Monday, Lena. Thank you for joining us. All right. Happy to be here. Let's get started with the keyword news portion of the day. Uh, President Yoon's administration's hardline stance against truckers' strike. This is our first keyword of the day. Expand order. So President Yoon is continuing his hardline stance on striking truckers, instructing officials to expand on the return to work order, taking away some of these financial subsidies. What's the latest? That's right. So President Yoon has ordered his ministers to make preparations to expand executive orders to striking truckers in the refining and steel industries. It's Mm. been kind of restricted to cement truckers uh, until now, Um, but uh, we'll have to see if it does be uh, if it does get expanded. Uh, He also vowed to crack down on illegal protests as well. Um, alluding to one by the larger umbrella labor union uh, strike that's scheduled for tomorrow, in fact. Um, The comments came after a strike by the cargo truckers Solidarity stretched on for the 11th day yesterday. Um, So today would be the 12th. Uh, The strike has caused significant damage to the country's construction industry specifically, Um, Losses have also been reported in the refining and steel industries as well, hence why President Yoon wants to expand that order to truckers in those industries. Um, Finance Minister Chugang said there were uh, shipment shortfalls worth 3 trillion won in the refining steel and petrochemical industries. He added that about 60% of the country's construction sites uh, suffered from shortages of concrete due to the trucker strike. As of Saturday, 175 out of 791 truckers who have received written documents of the order showed their uh, intention to resume transportation. But many CTS members are still resisting the order. Um, there's still a lot, a lot of resistance to it. So there have also been cases of some leaders of the Solidarity threatening members are trying to return to work as well. Uh, The government is also planning to strip fuel subsidies for truckers refusing to adhere to the order for one year. But the government would need parliamentary approval for that because it means amending related laws, which would likely cause heated debates Mm -hmm. in parliament. Um, And of course, uh, the opposition party or the opposition bloc won't be too uh, happy or they will uh, find some reason to oppose it. Uh, The government is warning of license cancellations as well as well as exclusions from toll fee discounts for a year as well as well. Um, now, that doesn't require uh, any law revisions. So that is something that could be um, admi- um, uh, ex- executed, right yeah, implemented. Sure. I'm trying to find the word, excuse me. Mm. Um, the finance minister also said the government uh, will form a response team as well with the police and provincial governments to crack down on any illegal conduct as well as take strict administrative measures against those who do not comply with the executive order. So it seems that uh, the hardline stance is paying off slightly, Mm. uh, with a lot of striking truckers uh, expressing intent to return to work, but still there is some resistance, and we are in the 12th day of Mm. this nationwide strike. Mm. We'll uh, leave it there for now as we move on to our second World Cup news. This is our second keyword of the day. 
Prepare for Brazil. <laughs> I was going to say, did they relocate to Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> the Korean football team has been hard at work during training to prepare for the knockout round match against Brazil. Uh, are you a believer now, Adam? I mean, we defied all odds, it seems. <laughs> I, do, I do have to apologize. I was a bit skeptical the last time we spoke, saying it's pretty unlikely that the country would... Uh, Move on to the knockout stages. I stand corrected. Of course, I did say football, uh, anything is possible. Uh, a miracle kind of did happen. So, I mean, yeah, it's good news. But uh, yeah, I do stand corrected. So I do apologize for being a bit cynical, I guess. No, I, I do think there was a, a sort of a consensus around the, well, statistics, right? I mean, the likeliness mm. of us moving on to round of 16 was quite slim. I mean, the percentage yeah. says it all. Uh, how have the team been preparing for clearly a match that also had the odds stacked up against. Certainly, uh, even tougher, as some are saying as well, uh, the match against Brazil, five-time World Cup winners. So, of course, it is certainly going to be a tough game um, and quite unfortunate for Korea because they didn't really have the drawing uh, that I guess they wanted for the uh, last 16 match. Uh, but they did conduct uh, the so-called match day one training session in Doha on Sunday. Their squad first gathered for an informal 10-minute session just in front of their locker room away from the assembled media and then had the official 15-minute session on the full practice field open to the press. Um, after missing a match with a calf industry, uh, injury, rather, uh, star defender... Kim Min-jae was back in training as well, doing some light running. Kim played through some obvious pains against Ghana mm. uh, in the team's second match. Uh, he skipped training sessions after that game and then ended up missing the Portugal match. Mm. Um, and another thing that's kind of going against Korea's favour is they only have two days off between what has been the final group match against Portugal and the first knockout match against Brazil. Mm. Um, they did have a full rest day on Saturday, but it is back to training. Um a national team official said the focus is more on recovery at this point than anything uh, tactical. Uh, head coach Paolo Bento uh, will be back on the bench as well against Brazil. He, of course, uh, was uh, sitting in the stands against Portugal because uh, he had a red card. Ironic, because he is Portuguese himself and he was part of that actual 2002 World Cup team which Korea uh, beat as well back then um, <laughs> and he told a pre-match press conference that his side has obvious, uh, absolutely nothing to lose he added that the only thing uh, the team must remember is to show the image of a team that uh, wants to compete and fight until the very last whistle he said no real motivation speech is necessary for the players they're already pumped up for it mm. um, the match kicks off at 10pm uh, Monday at Stadium 974 in Doha or 4 a.m. at Tuesday in South Korea, which is, uh, the timing is a bit unfortunate. It is in the wee hours of the morning, but uh, I guess uh, a lot of people might be getting up early to catch the match. I mean, if not your neighbours, yourself. I mean, yeah. my neighbours... <laughs> seem a bit loud and vocal. Seem very, very in support of Team Korea, and I'm all for it. I mean, I realised, I mean, at the last game, I realised, oh, something good yeah. must be happening. They're cheering. <laughs> <laughs> right. It makes you curious, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and this actually works in our favour, because we, we're early risers here, so I might just be yeah. waiting for the game. Mm, certainly right. will. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Expo Diplomacy. 
So, of course, the way to hosting the 2030 World Expo is paved with all kinds of PR campaigns. This is the biggest one. Prime Minister Han Dok-su has wrapped up his swing through France and Africa, aimed at promoting Busan's bid to hold the World Expo. How did the trip go? Right, well, he wrapped up his trip with a visit to Ghana, uh, and he will return to Korea soon, uh, just in about an hour's time, in fact. Uh, He was also in France and Mozambique previously. Uh, His three-day visit marks the first high-level trip by a Korean official to the African nation. Uh, The Prime Minister met with Ghana's president and examined ways to expand bilateral relations. Uh, Han requested Ghana's support for Busan's World Expo bid uh, and discussed international and regional issues with the president. They also discussed the special Korea-Africa summit that's planned for 2024. Han also requested support from France and Mozambique for Poussin's expo bid as well during his trips there. In Paris, Han delivered a presentation on Korea's bid to host the expo at the General Assembly of the BIE, which is the body in charge of overseeing the expo. He said by hosting the uh, event, Korea will share its unique growth experience and develop international cooperation in overcoming human problems together. He said South Korea will expand its overseas development aid for green projects as well to cope with climate change and the energy crisis. Um, and he uh, also said that the expo is expected to serve as a forum for public discussion to help resolve pending issues that's facing humanity, such as poverty and aging. Mm-hmm. Um, the World Expo is uh, one of the largest international festivals besides uh, the World Cup, which is, of course, happening now, as well as the Olympics. Mm. And the Korean government estimates that an expo or hosting it will create economic effects worth 61 trillion won. So that's why it's working hard to kind of Mm. promote Pusan's bid to host the event. All right. With that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Mask rule. So debate has reignited over the indoor face mask mandate following a move by the Daejeon city government to lift the requirement in the region. That's confusing. So tell us the details. Right. So, yeah, a bit of a heated debate between this local government and central government at the moment. Daejeon wants to lift the mandate as early as January next year, challenging one of Korea's last remaining COVID restrictions. Now, the plan has also put the city in conflict with national health authorities as well. Uh, While local authorities can have tougher rules than those mandated by the KDCA, in order to institute standards that are less stringent, they must consult with the KDCA first. That's basically what the government is saying. Mm. According to health officials, Dejan sent a document to the KDCA at the end of last uh, month saying it will issue an administrative order of its own lifting the mask rule if the central government fails to do so by December uh, 15th. So it's giving them just over a week in order to lift it completely. It is the first time that a local government has publicly voiced opposition to this indoor mask rule. The city has basically questioned the effectiveness of the mandate, as most people in restaurants and cafes are already not wearing masks. Mm. I think it's been a a lot more lax than it has been um, previously. It also cited negative impacts on the emotional and language development as well. And it also pointed out that an increasing number of countries around the world are ditching the mandate as well. Only a few countries maintain the indoor mask mandate as we speak. Some countries require them only in certain places, such as high-risk areas, such as hospitals and public transport. 
Um, the KDCA, although, has expressed concern that the city is acting unilaterally mm. and causing a bit of confusion. It said it will discuss, though, a decision on lifting the indoor mask mandate through an open forum. Uh, the first forum with a panel of experts uh, is scheduled for December 15th. Um, basically, the deadline that Chejan has given the uh, central government. Um, Tom, uh, infectious disease expert Chung Sok has suggested spring next year when the indoor masking rule can be lifted on the premise that no new virus variants appear. So the discussion for that last remaining restriction is still well up for debate at the moment. All right, there you have it. Uh, there is that panel of experts to discuss it in detail. We'll have to keep our tabs on that. December 15th is a day. As for World Touch on Back Down, um, that's another conversation. We'll keep tabs on it. Let's move on to our fifth keyword of the day. Manufacturing down. So Korea's manufacturing and overall economic data is looking bleak. You may say more of the same, but it's important for us to keep tabs on the most recent data. So what's the latest? Right. Well, uh, I think it's, it was sounding like a broken record saying that uh, no economic data at the moment is looking that great at the moment. But uh, Korea is kind of an industri- uh, industrial and manufacturing powerhouse as well in mm. terms of exports and whatnot. But those figures are certainly... Uh, in the doldrums at the moment, Korea's industrial output rate uh, fell by the most in 23 months in October. The figure was down 3.6% to 110.5. The figure, or the com- corresponding figure in 2015 was 100. Uh, data also shows that the average manufacturing amount relative to the country's ability for manufacturing fell by 2.7 percentage points to 72.4%. Um, so basically, it's working at just over three, uh, just about three quarters of the capacity that Korea can uh, output or, or uh, manufacture. The numbers show that the manufacturing output has returned basically to levels seen at the onset of the pandemic. And high inflation, interest rates, and overall global economic slowdown are also playing a huge part in mm. these. Gloom, uh, groom, gloomy figures. The country's exports as well fell 14% on year to come to uh, $52 billion in November, the first double-digit drop since uh, mid-2020. It followed a 5.7% for the previous month when exports logged an on-year decline for the first time in two years as well. Um, the poor, uh, the poor performance, performance was primarily blamed on dwindling demand for chips, Uh, Korea is expected to post a growth in 2022 exports from a year earlier, but it is unlikely to meet its yearly target of $700 billion. Uh, Waning exports and surging imports due mainly to high energy prices have put Korea on track to record the first annual trade deficit since the global financial crisis um, in 2008. We've been updating figures of a monthly trade deficit, but of course we are at the end of the year, so you'll be looking at annual figures uh, so yeah the first annual trade deficit since the financial crisis basically highlights uh, what kind of situation we're in um, at the moment ironically enough i believe today is south korea's 59th trade day did you know that so it was a day wow. designated to sort of celebrate the growing export numbers and ironically oh. enough the numbers look bleak this year certainly will be a quiet trade day i guess <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much Anna, for today's coverage have a good one and we'll see you tomorrow you're very welcome see you tomorrow
If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.